This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. Uh, welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Well, you know what? I'm, uh, I'm weary just like you. And if you don't mind, I'd like to uh, dispense with the traditional opening of the show and just get right to the meat. Uh, I'm just not feeling it tonight. The intro, I mean. Uh, I'm totally into being here and doing this show. Don't misunderstand me. I need to be here talking about the things we talk about on the show. And let me say, it's January 10th, 2021, and I still don't trust the numbers. That That might be my new opening going forward. Next week's opening, it's January 17th, 2021, And I still don't trust the numbers. Some of you screaming at the radio, you can't say that. You're in the media. No, I'll tell you. What is not my job, it's not my job to carry water for the government. To sit here and read government issued decrees and edicts and press releases without questioning. It's my job to be curious. Fancy that. It's my job to be skeptical. And uh, one day, and that may day, and that day uh, may come sooner than later, sooner than even I imagine, uh, I'm not allowed to do this anymore. Uh, That's where this seems to be headed. The left is on a roll. Everything seems to be going their way. Stateside, they have the White House, both chambers of Congress, which means likely they'll soon have control of the courts. They've had uh, academia and the legacy media and all of our cultural institutions locked down for decades. But that apparently is not enough. They want revenge. So I'll uh, keep on doing whatever, whatever this is I'm doing. It's not much. Uh, But this is what I have to contribute. And at least I can look back one day and know and sincerely believe I was on the right side of history. And that's about all I can ask for at this point. Uh, One other thing. Uh, This past spring and summer, 
I think I made my views on the Antifa and BLM rioting and looting uh, pretty clear. It was abhorrent. And it was encouraged by the media. It was normalized by the media. It was rewarded by corporate America and big tech. People died. More than two dozen people died, several of them innocent children, billions of dollars, billions of dollars in damages, businesses, including African-American businesses, destroyed, countless lives destroyed. The people involved were domestic terrorists. I'm talking about the looting and the rioting and the killing. And they should rot in jail. What happened on Capitol Hill in Washington on January 6th was likewise appalling. People died. There were some misguided Trump supporters involved, no doubt. Idiots. They destroyed a lot of goodwill built up by the 99.9% of Trump supporters who were kind Decent, law-abiding men and women, the kind of people you'd be pleased to have as neighbors or sit opposite you at church. But there were also some Antifa and BLM provocateurs uh, in there as well. Of that, you can be sure. And we'll know more uh, soon. Here's the good news. The perps. They will be caught and arrested and charged. And unlike some of the leftist thugs that looted and rioted and hurt police officers and others, they will not be bailed out of jail by Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. Not going to happen this time. So that's one little piece of good news. Carlos Kajina is the technical producer, and Ryan White is the live stream producer, and we are live streaming on my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, at least for now. <laughs> I wake up every morning. It's not my first order of business, believe me. Uh, I help get breakfast for my boys. I feed the rabbit. Uh, but I do wake up and at some point I check the, uh, the YouTube channel to see if it's still there. So far, so good for tonight. I am getting a hit on Twitter. I can't complain. Not as, as bad as, as many. Not like the, the real influencers out there. I have a relatively small following. I was around 72, 7,500. I kind of lost track. And um, I'm about a, a thousand, down about a thousand after the purge, I guess we're calling it the purge. And I am gradually making my way over to Parlor, uh, but I see Amazon will be uh, shutting them down in about, what, two, three hours. And I'm, I've also registered at gab.com. Uh, until they shut that down, they're, they're, they don't have an app. I don't know about you, but uh, uh, I'm feeling a little bit like a digital Bedouin right about now, moving from place to place. You know, I, uh, I picked a really lousy time for the mighty Aphrodite and I to start rewatching games of, uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, it's too much. Why watch it on the small screen when we're all living it right now every day? Uh, luckily... Despite all the betrayal and treachery and injustice, I've seen it all before. So have you. And uh, like the Bible, I know how it ends. Spoiler alert. 
Good triumphs over evil. So take heart, my friends. Uh, But before light wins out over darkness, there are still dark days ahead of us. Of that we can be sure. But don't despair. That is really the one unforgivable sin, right? To despair, turn your back on God. Now, uh, Matt Landman was to be with us. And uh, we were going to talk about 5G and geoengineering. And he may join us at some point. But somewhere along the line... uh, communications got uh, mixed up or I know Matt is very busy these days but uh, he's not with us so we will soldier on in his absence and I'm going to open up the phone lines and if we have to because it's live radio and that's just the way it goes we will we'll do two hours of open lines but geez there's not much to talk about well we'll figure something out I'm sure but have you heard about this uh the uh the headline from um now what is the publication? It's Science Something Magazine. I'll check that out in a minute. But it's by Paul Vusen. Uh, it's titled Geoengineers Inch Closer to Sun Dimming Balloon Test. For years, the controversial idea of solar geoengineering lofting long-lived reflective particles into the upper atmosphere to block sunlight and diminish global warming has been theoretical. It's starting to get real. Today, this was December 15th, 2020. Today, after much technical and regulatory wrangling, Harvard University scientists are proposing a June 2021 test flight of a research balloon designed to drop small amounts of chalky dust and observe its effects. Wow. In June 2021, they're going to do this. Chalky dust. Dropped from a balloon. No kidding. Hmm. Uh, The first flight would not inject the particles. It would only be a dry run of the steerable balloon and instruments needed to study chemical reactions in the stratosphere, the calm, cold layer more than 10 kilometers up. Even so, the project called the Stratospheric Controlled Perturbation Experiment must first win the approval of an independent advisory board a decision that could come in February 2021. The need to study the real-world effects of releasing reflective particles is pressing, says David Keith, a Harvard energy and climate scientist, and one of SCOPEX's, that again is the Stratosphere Controlled Perturbation Experiment, SCOPEX. Uh, so again, David Keith, Harvard energy climate scientist, one of SCOPEX's lead scientists, solar geoengineering. Where have we heard this before? Geoengineering is no substitute, they say, for cutting greenhouse gas emissions, but it could ameliorate the worst damage of global warming, such as the extreme heat waves and storms that claim many lives today. There is a real potential, maybe a significant potential, to reduce the risks of climate change this century by a lot. Okay, so they're laying the groundwork for geoengineering. Geoengineering. We call that on this show and others, chemtrails. We've been talking about that for, what, 20 years, at least on this show, up and down the dial. Many others out there have been talking about it for much longer. Do you remember that Pentagon white paper, Owning the Weather by 2025? That came out, what, maybe 30 years ago? And now, they, the tall foreheads at Harvard, 
want us to believe in June. Maybe they'll think about dropping chalk particles, chalk dust from a balloon. Right, right. All right, well, um, we were hoping to have uh, Matt Landman on to discuss geoengineering, and as I say, at some point he may join us. But until then, we're going to open up the phone lines. 416-360-0740. That's for the greater Toronto area. And toll-free from just about anywhere, Maine to Minnesota, south to the Carolinas, throughout Ontario, parts of Quebec. Quebec, you're, uh, you're locked down. You can't leave the house after 8 o'clock. So why not pick up the phone and give us a call? Uh, toll-free from out of town, one 740 Now, we can talk about geoengineering, what sort of chemtrail activity... Are you seeing, oh, I should say, condensation trails? Because the geoengineering, folks, doesn't start until June 2021, right? We all believe that, right? Otherwise, it's a conspiracy theory. And this whole business of owning the weather by 2025, the Pentagon, they were just kidding. That was just, they were just blue skying it. No pun intended. So we can talk about what we had intended to talk about with Matt Landman, again, who may join us a little bit later. Documentary filmmaker, you may remember his film Frankenskies, and um, he's working on Frankenskies 2. And he's uh, also written about, talked about, researched a lot about 5G. We can talk about that as well. And we can talk about what's happening on uh, social media. I'm calling uh, Silicon Valley the digital death squads. That's the new method of making people disappear. We're far more sophisticated than we were 30, 40 years ago. In Chile, Pinochet and his uh, death squads used to make people disappear for good, permanently. Now we're far more sophisticated with opposition and, and dissidents. Now they remove your digital footprint. The digital death squads. Uh, so let's uh, open up the lines and we'll begin with Bob. Is Bob in Toronto? Bob, welcome. Wanted to say we're all with you. Keep on doing what you're doing. It's always the darkest before the dawn, but uh, don't don't give up the ship uh, just yet. Um 5G makes my blood boil, no pun intended, <laughs> but uh, I, I had a quick question regarding um, Brad Olson last week. Uh, you didn't understand why was it, I believe, the yellow cube uh, in why the aliens would, would give the government that technology. Uh, I looked it up, and it said under the Grenada Treaty that Eisenhower traded um, abductions for technology. And that was with the Greys, because we had a chance with the Nordics, and all they wanted in return was to give up uh, nuclear arms, but instead they went with uh, the Greys. Right. Um, I think my question, Bob, to Brad was, if these aliens have to live under this prime directive, 
and we're all familiar with the prime directive from Star Trek, right? That's the Federation can't interfere with, I guess, sort of the the goings on, uh, the business of uh, on other planets. The the non interference that's the prime inter, uh, prime directive. If both nef- um, uh, good and bad aliens, let's call them, if they have to live by that cosmic law, why would they give that kind of technology to one side versus the other? I think that was my question, and and Brad was kind of grappling with that as well. He he didn't have an answer. I don't blame him. I mean, I don't understand it myself. I mean, I I, I don't if 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 in fact that's what what took place. Uh, you know that that uh, certain individuals or groups were given this technology. Um, I can understand why they might strike that deal with the devil, and I mean that quite literally. Uh, but that doesn't make sense if there is, in, in fact, a prime directive, and that that probably indicates to me there isn't a prime directive. I don't think uh, these. You can call them aliens. I'll call them fallen angels. I don't think they they play by those rules. What do you think? Well, neither do the people that are doing what they're doing today. I mean, they're supposed to be uh, following the rules, but they're breaking them for control. And an interesting person, if you have a chance to get on, is Paul Hellyer, a national treasure, if you have a chance, or Paul has been on this program. Uh, Paul has been on this program probably a half dozen times, uh, and I'll, you know, as long as he's with us, God bless him, I'll, I'll continue to bring him on. He... He was on, I guess, the last time, maybe six months ago. He had just completed uh, another book, 96, still sharp, uh, mind like a, a steel bear trap. And um, I have great affection and admiration for Paul. I don't agree with him on everything, uh, but I would love to have him back on. And, and God willing, we will. Thanks very much, Richard. Hey, Bob. Great talking to you. Thank you. We have uh, Ed next. Ed, are you in Toronto? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Milton. Uh, good to hear from you, Richard. You too, Ed. Yeah, I'm a long-time listener. Um, no, just like Bob, I want to encourage you, keep uh, digging. Uh, yes, it's dark, and there's, I'm afraid, a whole more depth than uh, you can put even on this radio show. I remember what they did to uh, the uh, great Gary Bell, uh, you know, the spaceman. Right. Uh, right. Just down the dial and all that. So, yep, um, don't worry. You just keep digging, and um, there's plenty of other uh, things that you can do. Uh, just a word of encouragement. Well, I appreciate that, Ed. Thank you. I, I, I mean, I have no intention of willingly giving it up, but the decision ultimately is not mine. And uh, I'm just looking. I'm just looking at trends right now, and the way things are going, and trying to be realistic, uh, and asking myself, you know, how much longer will a program like this be allowed to continue? And the you know the management here is absolutely amazing and and courageous and um, um, I have deep appreciation for Moses Neimer and everyone here at at Zoomer Media and also my syndicators syndication.net down in the U.S. Um, but you know they at some point maybe you know they might feel that it's they just you know there's too much at stake here. Uh, there's too much pressure. I don't know uh, what what can happen. I'm not going to judge. I'm just I'm going to sit here and do the show for as long as I can, uh, and until I can't. Yes, that's, and that's so it. you're still under the stairs, Old Thornhill. Yes, although I'm I'm doing the uh, the show from Zoomer tonight. You know, I, for my own mental well being, 
uh, I got to get out of the house once in a while. And <clears throat> driving down the uh, the Don Valley Parkway, and there's three other people on the road at uh, 8 o'clock, and we don't have a curfew here yet. Uh, it, I, it could be coming. But it's, I almost feel a, a little bit of satisfaction. It's almost like me... Kicking, kicking back or pushing back. It's silly, really. It's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not that rebellious, but it feels rebellious. Being out, coming into work, coming into a, a radio station and doing the show, uh, if for no, no other reason than my own mental well-being. Okay. Yeah, my wife is uh, sort of reminding me, um, when she heard about the Kamala Harris, uh, she thinks uh, you might be a bit on the ignorant side, just to... A note there. Who might be a little bit on the ignorant side? Because um, she's done some research, and um, she's hoping maybe you can uh, catch on to Because uh, you made a comment about the Kamala might uh, behave differently from, say, the Trump. No, no, no. What I said was that the these idiots that, uh, that stormed into the Capitol building and or that... Uh, accosted police officers, in one case, killing a police officers, idiots is, a, is, is too nice a word. I said, they will be caught and they will rot in jail as they should, unlike the, uh, the left-wing thugs that rooted and, and, and rioted and injured people, including police, that were bailed out at the behest of people like Kamala Harris. That's what I'm saying. That's not going to happen this time. Because there's a, there obviously there's a double standard there. They both left and right. If they riot, if they loot, if they if they destroy property, if they injure people, they should rot in jail. But I'm saying, the the perps in this incident on J- January sixth, they're not going to be bailed out like the uh, the members of Antifa and BLM. That's not going to happen this time. So all I'm saying is that that's one piece of good news. All right. Well, uh, thank you for the call, Ed. We'll come back and uh, continue with open lines unless until we hear from Matt Landman, activist, documentary filmmaker. We're talking geoengineering. Let me get your take on this project to dim the sun. Harvard University, Bill Gates, supposedly a sponsor. Surprise, surprise. Back with more. Stay with us. Curiosity. Or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. Open lines. I don't know how long we'll have open lines. It all depends on our scheduled guest, Matt Landman. We're waiting for him. Uh, to talk about geoengineering, we we may get to that, we may not, and that's fine. We will uh, continue on with open lines if that's the case. I wanted to give you a heads up what's happening next week on the program, God willing. <laughs> I guess I should start issuing that caveat uh, each time I talk about uh, future shows. God willing, next uh, Sunday, uh, Vincent Gersis will be uh, with us for the first hour anyway. Vincent is a retired senior Ontario Provincial Police Constable, and one of the founders of uh, We Stand on Guard for Thee, I think is the uh, the name of the organization. Um, you may have heard of uh, both active and retired police officers 
forming together into a group to object to the authoritative overreach uh, on behalf of the government and by extension the police. And I think we've all had a belly full of what's been going on. Uh, we're not Australia yet, thank God. I was watching a, a video earlier today. It was a young woman. She wasn't protesting or she wasn't you know, marching in a in a protest. She had a T-shirt or a sign basically objecting to the lockdowns in Australia. She was carrying her four-year-old baby, her child, her four-year-old child. And because she was carrying the sign or wearing this T-shirt, she was rushed by police. They grabbed the child, ripped the child from her arms and threw her in the back of a police wagon. That's where we're at. That's not Tehran. That's not Kabul. That's Australia. That's, that's sickening. And we've seen what's happening in Quebec. A curfew. 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. You're to stay off the streets. And someone was tweeting, well, what's the big deal? Where do you have to be at 8 p.m. or after 8 p.m.? Seriously? That's your answer? I guess then if that's your view, once and when we get beyond this nonsense and we start opening things up, maybe why not just maintain the curfew? Where do you have to be after 8 p.m. unless you have proper documentation? If you don't have papers, stay in your house. Safety first. All right. Uh, so, yes, Vincent Gersies will be with us uh, next week for the first hour or so. And I'm uh, very much looking forward to that program. I think this is a courageous man. And I applaud what he's doing. Yes, I'm giving my opinion. And I'm displaying my biases. That's the difference, you see. I tell you what they are. Uh, let's go to the phones, and uh, let's say hi to Rita is in Colorado. Rita, welcome. Hi. Hi there. Um, I was calling because I just think it would be really fascinating if you did a show on time travel. And in particular, I've been doing a lot of research the last couple of weeks, and it seems to me like I really am starting to think that Trump is a time traveler. <laughs> Why? Why do you think that? Well, there's several things. Well, first and foremost, if you go on YouTube, there's a ton of videos on it. But I don't know if you've ever heard of an author by the name of Ingersoll Lockwood. Ingersoll Lockwood. No, um, I don't think I've ever interviewed Ingersoll Lockwood. Well, he was a lawyer mm -hmm. and also an author. Oh, 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 uh, the, the Baron Trump, yes, a, the Baron Trump books, the Baron Trump books. Yes. Now I remember. He wrote, the yes. Baron, he, wrote, he wrote the Baron Trump books. Yes. And in those books, there are several characters. One of them is, is called Don. Yes. Another one is called Penn. Yes. And uh, Don likes to give people nicknames like Crooked Hillary and, and Sleepy Joe. And he lives in a big tower in New York City. Well, actually, and he also wrote the book, The Last President. Yes. Right. And so if you take that and then you combine the whole fact that I guess John Trump, Don, Donald Trump's uncle, yes. 
um, was the one who uh, looked at all of the Tesla papers after Tesla died. Did you know that? Yes, I did. I've done shows on that. And I and I uh, thank you for reminding me about Ingersoll Lockwood. I'd forgotten that. But I've talked about it a number of times on Coast and here. Um, time travel happens to be one of my favorite topics. Uh, but go on, uh, Rita. You're, you're, okay, so uh, yeah. another thing is, is like I'm trying to notice all these similarities. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, um, there's a book called, I think it's called The Last Awakening or The Great Awakening or something like that, and it's by an author a long time ago by the name of Sidney Powell. Mm-hmm. Ah, that I didn't and know. So that's interesting. That's, that's kind of weird, too. And then if you look up Ingersoll Lockwood and you just type it in, It'll take you to a military website, which is really? like for the Navy about some sort of like, I don't know whether it's space product or whatever, but if you just type it in, IngersollLockwood.com. So I'm starting to think that actually Lynn Wood, the attorney, has been, you know, kind of like declassing all the information. Maybe he's Ingersoll Lockwood. Um, <laughs> I love it. Because... Because if you take the name Ingersoll and then you take, because it's got like two L's at the end of the name Ingersoll. Right. If you take the last L and you put it in front of the word, that would be Lingersoll, right? Right. So you take Lynn, which is his name, out of it, and then you've got Gersoll left, and you take Saul and you put that in front of Ger, and it comes out to Soldier. And so it would be like Soldier. I don't know. The whole thing is just like a little bit too wonky for me to not think that there's some sort of time travel thing going on. Another weird thing is, I don't know if you've ever compared the pictures of Julian Assange and John Trump next to each other. No, no. They look exactly the same. <laughs> oh, come on. I got to try this. Hang on. Hair. All right. Okay. I'm, while we're talking, I'm going to talk. I'm going to do this. Ex- okay. Except so Julian Assange has hair. So take Julian Assange's picture, like around the same age of John Trump at the same time. All right. And it's almost like, it's almost like they're twins, except the hair is different. Hmm. It's bizarre. Bizarre. Yeah, I'm seeing, well, on uh, on Google Images, they have Julian Assange and Donald Trump next, uh, side by side. So I'm not seeing any, uh, yeah, oh, here we are, here Don we are. Trump yes, oh, now I see it. Yes. Interesting. Yes, that so same. If you just go to Twitter and mm. you type that in, like, there's so many people that have already been bringing that up. Okay. Yeah, I see it now. I see John and Julian. Yes, I suppose there is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, you are deep down the rabbit hole, Rita. I know, I know. It's terrible. I no, it's not terrible. It. It's, it's not terrible. Just like, don't. You know what? It's it's, it's, it's a kind of fascinating though. It like, is fascinating. Just don't let it time travel back to fix everything. Just don't let it take over your life like it has. Let my life be, serve as a warning to you all. <laughs> don't let it take over. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll end up like me. No, I know. I just think it's really it's it's really interesting. I love time travel. Baron, you've got the Baron Trump, you know, because it's the adventure. Yes, the adventures of Baron Trump. There's also the and Titan. Guess, you know, the book, the Titan. How it how it how it mirrors almost ex- in exact detail the Titanic, uh, but it's a piece of fiction written what maybe fifteen twenty years before the Titanic. Same number of lifeboats, same dimensions, same. You know, uh, you know, hitting a large passenger ship, 
that was said to be unsinkable, hitting an iceberg, same number of passengers, etc., etc. Uh, before you go to bed tonight, Rita, as if you need another reason, uh, Google or don't use Google. Use Brave or some other server. Don't use Google. But use something else and, and search up the Titan and the Titanic. I will do that. All right. How are you listening tonight, but, Rita? But one last, one last thing I wanted to talk about this Ing- Ingerson Lockwood book. Okay. Also in The Last President. Apparently, he lives on Fifth Avenue in New York. Yes, yeah. And also, you know, a big riot occurs right after an election. Oh, that's right. Yes, I remember that, too. Fascinating, isn't it? I mean, come on. What is that all about? I don't know. Well, that's your assignment, Rita. Okay, I want it on my desk tomorrow morning. Solve this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm listening to you on YouTube. Ah, wonderful. Okay, thank you so much. It's great uh, hearing from you, Rita. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really enjoy your shows. Keep up the great work. It's I appreciate so much fun. it. And keep up your great work, too. too. This is uh, fascinating <laughs> stuff. All right. All right. Uh, do we have time for another another call, Carlos? We have a, we have a minute till break. Um, I'll tell you what. Why don't, why don't we play that little clip uh, from Matt Landman about 5G? Can we do that? home into a microwave oven for the holidays. Time to join the Smart Meter 5G revolution. Light up your whole house with radio frequencies. Leave your goose on the dining room table to cook. How convenient! At 6 gigahertz, feel the wiring in your home turned into a 5G microwave antenna. There's no need to plug in your Christmas tree lights anymore. They'll light up all by themselves just from the RF in your living room. And so will you. Feel festive from all the pulsing RF shredding your DNA. Use your cell phone to call all those uninvited relatives and watch your own energy field light up just like your Christmas tree. We've decided smart meters and 5G are safe, safe, safe. Goodness, no need to do health studies. We'll cook your goose. When you look at the sky... Ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Oh, sorry, you kind of caught me off guard. I was just looking at some swatches and trying to figure out, you know, what color to paint my uh, holding my holding cell at the detention center. It's something, you know, we have to think about uh, going forward, I guess. Kind of looks like we're heading in that direction, right? Uh, let's say hi to Aaron is in Missouri or as my, my great, uh, not great, he was my uncle. He was a great uncle, but my uncle North used to say Missouri. Uh, Aaron, how are you? Yeah, if people from Missouri say Missouri, they aren't from Missouri. No, he wasn't from Missouri, but he, for some reason he said Missouri. I have hey, no idea why. you talking to me. Well, I'm, I'm uh, pleased that you called. Uh, well, you, you're way smarter than me, so. Oh, let's not be so sure, Aaron. It's all done with mirrors. Never forget. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think, Richard, uh, we're too far apart now. Uh, we meaning, uh, the U.S., right? 
Oh, you mean the, the, the cultural war, the, the left and right divide, conservatives yeah, and the left? I, I think we're just too far apart. I'm starting to get that feeling, Aaron. It's a sinking feeling, yes. No one's convincing anyone else about anything. It's over. No, we just talk past each other. Yeah. So where is yeah, it headed, Aaron? Would, where yeah. is it headed? I mean, I don't know. You tell me. You're smarter than me. Oh, I'm not. I'm not smarter than you, Aaron. Um, and I'm. I, I always feel when I weigh in on American politics, uh, like a bit of an interloper. I mean, I don't mind talking about it, but then when I'm speaking directly to an American and they're asking me for my opinion, um, I, as I say, I feel like an interloper. But as a sometimes. Uh, sort of a, 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 a disinterested party can offer some insights. It's easier to figure out uh, what's going on if you're from the outside. Well, possibly. The only the only caveat I would issue is that I do have a huge vested interest. I'm not a disinterested party. I, I love America. I have a huge emotional investment. I have some family down there. Uh, and I, and I, I feel, in many respects, very American. Uh, so that... You know, cards on the table. Um, my fear is that things are going to unwind, could unwind very quickly. And the, the next thing that we're headed for, um, if the left is so hell-bent on not only, you know, winning the White House and both chambers of Congress and then soon the courts, they already have the... All yeah, the cultural, yeah, all the cultural institutions, they've got it all locked down. Now they're set on revenge. All of that stuff I mentioned before, it's not good enough for them. It reminds me of King Joffrey in, in Game of Thrones. They've been spurned and now they are pissed and they want revenge. Uh, and, and my fear is that's, it's only going to escalate this, uh, um, you know, Forbes magazine recently announced. Forbes magazine, of all people, of all places, said that they are they are they're gonna they're gonna target. When I say target, I mean um, they're not gonna hire them. Uh, Trump administration officials. That's just for starters. And then eventually, you know where this is leading, right? Trump supporters. Oh, yeah. They've already announced people on the left, people that were former Obama administration officials, were taking names. Right. Whenever I hear things like that. I mean, there used to be little snot-nosed brats in public school. When the teacher left the room, they were the ones taking names. And then mm -hmm. when the teacher came back into the room, Johnny got out of his seat. Billy threw gum at me. You know, those little sniveling <laughs> weasels. The ones, uh, like drawing a dick on the chalkboard. Well, yeah, let's, yeah, let's be careful Yeah, with the language. It's still kind Sorry of a family that. show. Um, but those sniveling weasels, those people grew up and now they run everything. And so they're taking names, they're making lists, it's going to make the McCarthy era look like a walk in the park. So that's what I see potentially on the horizon. I also see some states like Texas, maybe Tennessee, Kentucky. Texas uh, is going to be blue in five years. Uh, not Well, maybe, not so sure about that. I hear kind of conflicting things on that. But I... <sighs> moving there. Yeah. I, but, but what I'm saying is... Vote in politics with them. Well, that is a problem. You've got, uh, you know, the left destroying states like California, and uh, the exodus out of New York is incredible. Richard, I'm telling you, I I have uh, told my wife to buckle her belt up, and we are moving to Wyoming. <laughs> I'm not I'm not 
sticking around. Uh, having an exit strategy, not a bad idea. Thinking about a safe place to land, uh, not a bad idea. Aaron, listen, great talking to you in uh, the Show yeah, Me State, you, Missouri. I uh, hope you'll call that. again. Uh, so where is it heading? Um, I, I was about to say, you will start to hear rumblings about secession. And I know that sounds like hyperbole. <laughs> nothing nothing should be off the table at this point. We are living in the twilight zone. Uh, in fact, Texas, there are some state legislators have already sort of thrown that gauntlet down. We will increasingly hear about secession. And then from there, where does it go? Well, I think you know, right? What the next step is? We don't want to go there, folks. We don't want to burn the house down. Uh, let's see. We have, oh, no, we need to break. I need to be disciplined about this. This is a short segment. I got to get out. Six minutes. That's it. It's my New Year's resolution. Six minutes and out. All right. Talk to you on the other side. If you're sure your phone isn't tapped, call now. 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. So uh, before I came into the studio tonight, I stopped in at the Metro. And for my American listeners, that's a, a grocery chain here in Canada, at least in Ontario. I don't know if it's Metro elsewhere. Anyway, here in Ontario, we have Metro grocery stores and a lot of them are 24-7. So there's one here in Liberty Village and I stopped in there to get some snacks, some popcorn and a, a tin of uh, roasted almonds. And um, so I'm, I go to the, uh, the checkout and there's one person ahead of me. Uh, and of course there's staff trying to direct me to the self-checkout and I won't, I won't use it. I will not use the self-checkout. They're pointless because every time, is this true or not? You, every time you go to the self-checkout, you have to call for help because something's not working. It's not scanning, right? So that kind of defeats the purpose anyway. And they're so insistent, aren't they? Please, why don't you use the self-checkout? Because I'm trying to preserve your job, your job. You moron. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I go to the cashier and, and um, she is, uh, there's one customer ahead of me and she's scanning this person's products or, or uh, purchases. And so I put mine on the uh, conveyor belt and I'm waiting and I'm social distancing. Uh, listen, I'm still taking all, make, you know, I'm doing, observing all the protocols. I wear my mask. I social distance, right? Safety first. COVID is real. Elderly people with multiple comorbidities are dying. It's a tragedy. I'm not denying it. Anyway, so I, I am observing the protocol. So uh, so she's chatting to this customer, and as the customer is walking away, she's still chatting with her while she's scanning my items. And she's not paying particularly close attention. So she takes my little tin, there it is, of uh, roasted almonds, and she scans it. And I'm hearing beep, 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 beep. She scanned it because she wasn't paying attention. She scanned it multiple times. And she caught herself and she goes, oops, sorry. I scanned your almonds four times. And I was kind of proud of myself. My comeback was like immediate without, without even a, missing a beat. I said, isn't that how Biden won the election? Crickets, nothing. I said, come on. Nine o'clock on a Sunday. That's not bad. Crickets. Humorless people. These grim-faced commissars. 
that will be, you know, directing me to my holding cell at the detention center. Come on, just crack a smile. If you don't laugh, you're going to cry, and we can't cry. We mustn't despair. All right, let's say hi to uh, Kevin in Buffalo. Kevin, welcome. Oh, hi, Richard. Hey there. Um, Richard, just real quick, I actually met you maybe four or five years ago. I oh, was really? up in uh, Toronto for Jim Mars presentation. Oh, God bless Jim Mars. Yes, um, that's right. We, um, uh, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yes, anyways, it's, it's good to talk again. Um, I'm going to actually, I believe that, um, um, I'm actually hopeful for the, I mean, just for the immediate future of the, of the U.S. I mean, um, hopefully, well, see, here's the thing. I mean, Biden could work together, um, for all parties. So hopefully people will see that and just, um, think, okay, at least four years, people, the lawmakers at least will work together, you know, to get, you know, things passed. Well, the question is, though, what's going to get passed? And he doesn't need to work with anybody now. He, he, uh, I mean, it would, it wouldn't hurt to have a few re- uh, Republican or Rhino votes on his side, and he'll get them. Um, but the question is, what is he going to pass, and what are you so hopeful that he's going to pass? Well, you're right, exactly. That's the thing. I mean, for example, I know um, universal basic income has been talked about, but there are a lot of people opposed to it. But it's going to be like independence and um, even even the uh, GOP minority who are just going to be against it. So, I mean, obviously, less um, things not um, example, UBI is not going to get passed. But I, I see what you mean. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, first of all, then the next question is, how long is he going to be around before he gets pushed out? Any thoughts on that? Um, I believe at least four years, but then maybe he's going to resign or just not even know. I apologize, not run for re-election. Oh, you think he'll last the full four years? I believe so, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, well, we, we shall see. I'm, uh, I'm going to say six months to maybe nine months, a year at the outside. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw, there was an interview he did. It was uh, one of the legacy media organizations, and they had both Biden and Kamala on. Uh, of course, he never would have appeared on there, be, be, you know, before the election. Um, he was hiding in his basement, and then he managed to convince 80 million people to crawl over broken glass to vote for this charismatic figure. It's amazing. Anyway, uh, so after the election, he's on this. Um, he's getting these softball questions from some reporter on ABC. What's your favorite ice cream? And how much do you, you know? How bad are the uh, the Republicans? Those sorts of things. But then he was asked, "What about?" if you and Kamala should happen to disagree on some major policy item. And he actually said this, and it's not verbatim, but you can look it up uh, on Google or on, on YouTube, rather. Uh, but he said something to the effect is, well, I guess I would just, I would um, sort of develop some disease and go away. He actually said that, or words pretty close to that effect. In other words, he was kind of telegraphing, um, you know, in his later stages of, of um, dementia, uh, he's... He's actually telling the truth, and he and he's, he said that I would just I guess I would develop some disease and have to go away. So what do you make of that? Wow, Richard. I mean, I'll tell you, this is why I listen to you like almost every week because this is the first time I've heard of this, and it is no coincidence that it's not been broadcast really anywhere else. But um, that's very interesting. 
All right, my friend. Well, it's great to hear from you in uh, in Buffalo. What do you uh, what do you think the Sabers are going to do this year? Oh, the Sabers. I mean, with Eric Stahl and Jack Eichel, holy cow! I think we're going to pretty much go to the playoffs. Really? Now you're uh, we, up here in, in uh, Canada. We have the Northern Division, so all the Canadian teams are in one division. We're all going to play. We won't face Buffalo this year, which I'm going to kind of miss. That's a great rivalry. Now you're in a very competitive division. You're in there with the Rangers and the Islanders and the Phillies and the Capitals. And uh, who else is in that division? Uh, is it Carolina, Columbus? Wow. I don't know, actually. Me and my brother were just talking about that. Maybe seven or eight of them, but you're right. Capitals and Islanders. Yeah. That's... Definitely the Rangers. Maybe within 500 miles, I think. Yeah, that's going to be a um, tough division. It's going to be a very tough division. I hope, you you know, you guys deserve some success down there in Buffalo. Uh, I hope you... Uh... Yeah, I, I mean, exactly. And the Buffalo Bills, holy cow. I mean, we're, I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> hey, Kevin, great hearing from you. I hope you'll call again. Thanks, Thank you. All right, 416-360-0740. That's in the greater Toronto area. And if you're outside the Toronto area, you can call toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to uh, Melanie in uh, High Park in Toronto. Hey, Melanie. Hi, Happy New Year. Haven't spoken to you since last year, I guess. It has been a while. Yeah. Yes. So when are you going to be possibly the permanent uh, host or co-host of uh, uh, Coast to Coast? <laughs> well, that's very kind of you to, to say that. I believe, I, I predict that, I predict that within this year, I hope you don't move away, or I hope that AM740 and the Mr. Zneimer um, take on Coast to Coast, because I noticed that different stations that I've listened to and my friends have listened to, they don't, uh, they don't uh, uh, air the same show or the same topic, and I'm wondering if they're starting, certain stations are starting to uh, monitor Mr. Nori's show and deciding which ones they're going to play, which ones they're not. So I hope that your station will take it on, and I hope you become the a permanent Canadian co-host because I truly believe that you deserve it. Oh, that's very kind of you, Melanie. Can I ask a question yeah. on an opinion? Because uh, we were discussing that today. How is it that uh, everybody seems to be so upset about everything, but how is it that uh, Google and Mr. Zuckerberg and all these great tech companies um, in Silicon Valley, why are they never, ever, uh, you know, taking on China and its murderous regime and taking on all these despots in other countries. Why is it that they're taking on their own American people and, and restricting their freedoms? Because they know which side their uh, bread is buttered on. Exactly. Yeah. But how is that possibly done? How is it that uh, no legislation has come in and how have they not had their license revoked? Because they said they're not going to be editors. They're not going to be... Uh... You know who I wish you would uh, get on your program is um, Janet Parshall's husband, who's a constitutional lawyer. I don't know if you've heard the show uh, Coast. Uh, it's not Coast. But sorry, that's great too. But uh, Janet Parshall in the marketplace. Have you ever heard her program? I don't think so. Oh, you've got to listen to him. This is this based uh, a Christian-based program, and they're on another Christian station here in Toronto. But just look up Janet Parshall in the marketplace and listen to her husband, who's a very brilliant constitutional lawyer who was an atheist at one time, who he is really speaking and respecting his Christian faith by saying, you know, that making sure that 
that only good and uplifting words come out of his mouth as a Christian, and which is very important. Well, that's a show I could get behind, and I will check it out. Oh, please check it out. Janet thank Marshall you. in the Marketplace. All right, um, Melanie, Have thank you. Have a blessed week to you, your family, and I believe me, things are going to die down because there's just too much, too much involved for, for the whole United States to get into a civil war. It's not going to happen, and you're, you're going to be a host for Coast to Coast. <laughs> I wish George Norrie many, many, many years yeah. uh, hosting oh, no, no, Coast no, to Coast. He can be on, but he, maybe he wants to have a little bit of a break. And Well, that's why I'm here. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, bench I hope, strength. Uh, you, you take on uh, Coast to Coast on uh, uh, AM740. I appreciate that, Melanie. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, God bless. All right. And if Moses is listening, maybe he'll, he'll um, consider that. Uh, all right. We will uh, step away and come back. Uh, more open lines on the other side. Stay with me. Richard Serrett. Live from Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. Hey, thanks for inviting me into your home. Long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed basement with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker. Your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Uh, so, uh, before I arrived, uh, well, I mentioned the, um, the grocery store story, didn't I? Sorry. This is what happens as you, uh, approach 57 years of age. Uh, the synapses just don't fire the way they used to. I already told that story in hour one. I won't, uh, I won't tell it again. Okay. Um, we are continuing with open lines. Matt Landman, our scheduled guest, we'll try to get him back on. He was uh, to join us to talk about geoengineering and 5G. Uh, there's a lot happening in that regard right now. Harvard University uh, wants to literally launch a trial balloon in June of 2021 uh, to drop chalk dust, as they call it, into the atmosphere to uh, to test the feasibility of reflecting the sun's rays back up into the stratosphere to forestall global warming. And uh, apparently Bill Gates, surprise, surprise, is one of the uh, the individuals or people funding this. That's... Not a surprise, really. Uh, what is surprising is that they expect us to believe this. In 2021, they are expecting us to believe that only now are they going to start experimenting with the weather. After a major, major white paper by the Pentagon that was released, I think, about 30 years ago. I'll have to check the exact release of that. It was called Owning the Weather by 2025. They're already doing this and much more geoengineering. See, this is the strategy. You do something for 30, 40, 50 years, and then at some point you decide, okay, let's ask people or, or let people know that we're doing it sort of through the back door. Well, we're thinking about doing it. And that, well, we tried it. They've been doing it for a very long time. Is it to forestall global warming? I don't think so. Uh, so we can talk about that if you'd like. Uh, we can also talk about uh, the U.S. election. We can talk about uh, COVID. Now, here's something uh, interesting, or I would say curious, disturbing maybe even. Uh, so in Quebec, there's a curfew there. Absolutely unheard of. It's a stain on our democracy that the government would use this kind of power. So you have to stay in your house from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. Well, where would you be going after 8 p.m.? Seriously? 
If you're asking that question, you must have slept through civics class. You have no understanding about the, the basics of, of what it means to live in a free society. And you know, when I talk like this and when I, I post on social media, uh, you wouldn't imagine, you can't imagine the pushback I get from people who will say things like, you love freedom too much. What are you in some kind of freedom loving cult? That's kind of disappointing in Canada. A Western liberal democracy. That's the response I get. I love freedom too much. Safety first. I guess that's what should be in our constitution. Uh, anyway, let's... Um, oh, so I was talking about the curfew in Quebec. Uh, earlier today, I think it was around 206 ICU patients in the entire province. And I think it has since dropped down to 203 out of 228 hospitals. All right, so there are 228 hospitals across the province. There are 203 people in um, occupying ICU beds. And, of course, we wish for a, a full and speedy recovery for every one of those individuals. Now, here's uh, something kind of interesting I just dug up. This is in, um, it's, it's a paper called Care in Canada ICUs. Care in Canada ICUs, and here is the executive summary, and this is from 2016. All right, 2016, and I won't bore you with, I can't read the entire abstract or the entire executive summary. I'm just going to give you a little snippet here. Uh, this is, in the executive summary, this is bullet point number three. Most ICU beds are in large or teaching facilities, where having enough ICU beds to meet the growing demand is a widespread challenge. On average... Large and teaching hospital ICUs operate, get, get ready for this, at about 90% capacity with periods of overcapacity, an equivalent to between 45 and 51 days in 2013-2014. So again, in 2013-2014, there were 51 days, or sorry, between 45 and 51 days where they were overcapacity. In other words, they had more ICU patients than they had ICU beds. But on average, large and teaching hospitals, uh, large and teaching hospital ICUs operate at about 90% capacity. This is from 2016. So now we have 203 ICU patients in 228 hospitals. Carlos, you got an A in math. What is what is that percentage? <laughs> Putting him on the spot. Get your uh, calculator and get get back to me on that. So it's uh, two hundred and three out of two hundred and twenty-eight. So it might be around ninety percent. I'm guessing. Anyway, that's average. No, no, it can't be. It can't be seventy-five percent. Two hundred and three out of two hundred and twenty-eight. Try again. Yeah, 203 out of 228. If you got 203 out of 228 on a math test, what would be your grade? Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna, I'll check that again in a second. That, that, that doesn't seem right. Let's, let's say it's around 90%. Okay? So that's average. And for this... 
They have instituted a curfew. My word, what is going on? But the models, the models. But what about the models? What about the cases? Dear Lord. Uh, let's say hi to Ryan in Stouffville. Ryan, welcome. How are you? Oh, I'm great, uh, Richard. I just want to say I've been a long-time listener. Even when I was li- living in Florida last year, I made sure that I tuned in every Sunday night. Can't miss the show. God bless you, sir. Yes. Um, I was going to talk about the uh, 20 and back program where you hear with like, all the friends. Uh, Ryan, I'm not sure what's happening with your phone. Are you on a cordless? Because you're cutting in and out. Um, can you hear me now? I'm yeah, just... A- yeah, I'm in the cell phone. So. Okay, just keep it, uh, you know, normal. It's, it's not a great idea to keep the cell phone as close as possible to your your cranium, but <laughs> in this case. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I usually talk on speaker, but okay. um, I know now, like, yeah, I wanted to talk about the 20 and back program, but just hearing you talk about COVID and our lockdown, especially up here in Canada uh, and what's going on in Quebec, it's just, it's so draconian, and as being a Christian, I find it's really hard in these times even to have any dialogue with anyone because we're just so fear-based. And uh, hearing these numbers, it's just, you know, it, it's just, it, it's it's not worth it. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. A lot of people I know right now who are going through terrible depression, let alone, you know, which I can't go to my church, but I can go to the LCBO. It just, it just makes no sense. And it just seems like a bad nightmare we're living in. Um, but I just wanted to see if you know anything about the Tony and Back program of like the Secret Space program. Have you looked into that much at all? Uh, the Twenty and Back is this is this like um, uh, Operation Moon Dust and that where uh, young people like uh, Randy Kramer they're sent to yes. the moon and uh, their memories are wiped and they're trained on these lunar bases or in some on colonies on Mars underneath Mars and then when they come back 20 years later their memories are erased yeah so I've done shows on it um, it's interesting uh, I have to tell you though to me it who knows but to me it it uh, it strains credulity. I totally agree. I know it's it's got uh, I was the one lady earlier talking about going down the rabbit hole and the whole time travel thing. That's what kind of brought me towards. Uh, you know, I've always found time travel fascinating. So then, along you know my journey of uh, research, you get you hear some of those stories, and it's just it's so far fetched. Now um, you look at where we are in this current day and age in this model. I have to say, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised more or less now that there, there have been people that have, you know, peered into what is going on now and just like the way that the agenda is being written out for us because this is, you know, we, we always, not jokingly, but talking about 1984, we're in it. The fact that neighbors can, you know, call the police on other neighbors if there's too many cars at their house or just the, the fact that human connection I can't even shake a hand or I can't even go to my grandma and give her a hug anymore. And if I do, I'm considered a criminal. It's just wacky. So I just kind of want to leave it at that. It's just nice to talk to you and I really appreciate everything you've done for uh, not only this country, but for people who like to stay up late and who like to question the norm, especially as a Christian. I find it uh, very uh, 
very healthy conversation. So thank you. Well, thank you, Ryan. Um, don't despair. We can't do that. We know how the movie ends. We know uh, the good guys win in the end. There'll be dark days ahead, but we just have to, um, you know, continue to trust in the will of God. Uh, he's moving a lot of furniture around right now. And um, it's, he's making an awful racket, and it's a little disconcerting, but we're all going to come out of this okay. Uh, I, I, I agree. And actually, just the one last part, which is which has been good, is the fact that I think, um, you know, a lot more people are, are opening their Bibles again. And, and, you know, with the the fact that churches are online, people are probably stumbling upon them, uh, listening to a lot more. Uh, of the gospel than probably, in, you know, ever in the last few years. I've, I've got a lot of friends who, you know, who grew up Christians, but then they, for whatever way, turned their back, and, and now they're starting to ask questions again. So let's just pray that everything is in, in his hands in the right way. Right. But thank you for your work. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. You, you mentioned 1984. I think a more apt um, literary allusion would be Brave New World. Uh, 1984 was sort of all about the, um, the jackboot. There's a little bit about that. There's a little bit about that, but, uh, Brave New World was, uh, that's Aldous Huxley with, uh, that's where we had Soma, right? The, uh, this, this, uh, this drug that people were taking, like a mushroom. And, and, um, to me, that feels like, that feels more like where we're at right now. Uh, because we're very comfortable in our homes. We've got our Netflix. Uh, we've got our Xboxes. We've got our recliners. The LCBOs are open. Uh, the, um, people can buy their marijuana. It's interesting that, you know, that's Trudeau's one piece of legacy legislation. And even that, of course, he botched. Uh, only the government could find a way to lose money selling marijuana. Anyway, that's another show. But he made sure that we that he rushed that through. And um, so we've got our drugs. We've got our booze. We've got our idiot boxes. That's kind of like Soma. We're living in a fur-lined trap. We're living in a well-appointed cage. And most of us, unfortunately, are totally fine with that. Uh, let's say hi to uh, Gene in Scarborough. Hey, Gene, welcome. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Richard. Uh, great show, always is, but uh, keep shouting it from the rooftops. Yeah, I wanted to comment with all the restrictions and worldwide, and now they're talking curfews, yet the numbers keep increasing. I'd like to know your comment on that. And also, I'd like to, especially in America, because America has to, if they've got a world plan, fall first. Are they playing both ends against the middle, the old Caesar, divide and conquer? All right. So first with the numbers, and that's all we get, are the cases, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it annoys me to no end. It, in, in fact, it's beyond annoying. It just, it, it's exacerbating now, uh, or exasperating, rather, is the word, exasperating. When I hear... These bingo callers on the news recite these case numbers as if they have any meaning. And these numbers are the justification for these authoritative overreach 
uh, measures. What do, these, what do these case numbers mean? What is the context? We don't get that, do we? A case number does not mean an infection for the millionth time. It means a positive test. And, and, and uh, that positive test could be a false positive. What is the false positive rate on these tests? Well, it depends on how, you know, the, the, the sample is, is dealt with, right? The, um, anyway, it could be, is it, is it 40%? Is it 50%? Is it 90%? If we don't well, now they're even they're saying the quick test won't be accepted at the airports. Right. So these false positives, that's number one. So we have to know that. Number two, um, a false or even a positive case doesn't necessarily mean an infection. So if if you're asymptomatic, it's not likely. In it's beyond rare that you're going to spread the disease. But if you have a positive test, okay, so let's, let's um, manage risk and maybe that, you know, that person, person should quarantine. Okay, but, but to say that the number of cases are growing and growing and growing and therefore we must, you know, we must uh, bring about a, a curfew or a, a lockdown or, or keep people from their places of worship or prevent dying patients from seeing their loved ones, this is beyond the pale. It's egregious. It's madness. And yet, all we hear every day at nauseum is case numbers. Totally meaningless. Totally meaningless. 203 ICU patients across 228 hospitals, which is average. Yeah, that'd be about 88%, I think. It's 88%, thank you. 90% on average is the capacity of ICU beds in Quebec. And for this... They are putting people under curfew. This is a blight, a stain yeah, on our democracy. I don't know exactly what it is. At first, I believed the whole thing, okay? But I listen to your show, I listen to Coast to Coast, and I think. And in my opinion, they're preparing us for something else coming down the pipe. Would this, you think is that's... A, this is just the, the trial run to get us used to it. But I don't know what it is. I don't know. Maybe an economic collapse. Uh, I don't really know. I'm just speculating there. But my last comment, uh, what do you think about the old playing both ends against the middle? You know what I mean? Like Trump, okay, he's got his supporters. And I understand people, as you said, most of them are great people. And in the democracy, we, we're, that's part of the thing. We agree to disagree. But they're playing both ends against the middle to get their way, to get us both fighting. No question. I no question that that's going on as well. Um, and, and the communist Chinese are sitting back and loving every minute of it. And uh, there is um, an enormous amount of communist Chinese party infiltration into Canada and the United States. I'm not talking about the, the, the Chinese people. No, you're absolutely right. I'm talking right. about Communist <clears throat> Chinese Party officials. and They uh, were just trying to buy a gold mine up in Nunavut, but they were stopped. Yes. Finally, some common sense from our boy king. Um, they, have, they, have, they have made their intentions very, very obvious and transparent. They have, they have declared war against the West. Why don't yes. we take them at their word? 
Well, I guess the ones at the top, uh, greed's got the best of them, I, 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 for lack of a better answer. Anyways, I'll let the next caller come and keep rolling, brother. Keep rolling. Gene, thank you so much. Happy New Year. You uh, too. All right. Let's say hi to Bill in Cleveland. Bill, how are you, my friend? How are you, Richard? Great. Uh, I love your city. I love what you've done to your downtown. Thank you. We get knocked a lot. You know, it's like, you know, what's the old adage? Um, Canada's the nice people who live above the biker bar. Um, (laughs) You know know what it is? Those people haven't been to Cleveland in 45 years. Cleveland, we should do in Toronto what you've done. You have the, like a, a, this incredibly beautiful theater district. You have made, you have preserved your architectural heritage. Uh, and someone was saying, uh, I was talking to my good friend down there. We, uh, when I went down to Cleveland a couple of years ago, we met uh-huh. uh, for a beer, Jim Harold, uh, one of the pioneers in podcasting, the paranormal podcast. Jim is from Cleveland. And he said, he looked, he said, you see this? This is LeBron James. He said, this all happened because of LeBron James. Now, I don't know if that's true, but mm, a lot of it had, but I mean, LeBron was a big part of it. Yeah. I mean, I disagree with LeBron on about everything, but God bless him. He brought us a championship for once, but, right. um, but his politics are, you know, way out there. I agree. But, um, they, I think, <laughs> I think you got to stay there. I mean, he knows more about basketball than, you know, I, I could learn and forget or whatever, but, um, <laughs> uh, any, but you know what the thing is, is, is Richard, you're right. The numbers are, are skewed on everything, like the, the uh, COVID-19, the election. I mean, this election, any, you know, I, I just saw a tape on, uh, you know, uh, YouTube or one of these things before the United States. Biden on Halloween was saying, I don't need your vote. Now, he's a politician. Yes, I, I heard he said, that, too. I don't need your vote. I need you after the vote. Yeah. Now, it's kind of like you're a politician saying, I don't care if you vote for me or not. Now, four days before an election, wouldn't you be hustling? You know, you had Trump had the rallies in the hall, nine yards. It's like, wouldn't you be pounding that out? Like, I, you come and vote for me and stuff. He could have cared less. And for the whole six months, he's just sitting around. And he, I, I mean, all right, when this, this riot at the Capitol, it was blown up in 1971. They blew up a couple of rooms, some leather underground. But, and they actually, Obama released her. But um, Trump requested National Guard be present at both the rally and the Capitol building. Yes. And a D.C. mayor named Muriel Bowser yes. said absolutely not. Now, you know, I mean, it's like even if the Trump people aren't rowdy, you know, I mean, if there was three million Antifa there, we could figure that out. Like, but. You know that you, when you have that. Oh, uh, Bill, people. pardon the interruption. I just I'm late for a break. Hold on. I, I want to keep talking to you. We'll uh, take a quick time out and come back. More of the conspiracy show on the other side. Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is the Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. And uh, you can follow me. I was going to say on Twitter. Okay, fine. Uh, I'm kind of winding that down. Uh, they're knocking off about a thousand of my list- or, uh, of my followers, and that's fine. Badge of honor. Uh I'm on Twitter at Richard Serrett, but you can also, I'm, I'm moving over to, or I have moved over to Parlor, and I'll be posting there more regularly, except who knows what's happening with Parlor. Uh, I believe Amazon has now shut that down. Uh, Apple, of course, um, 
has uh, has shut their app down, which is interesting. Someone on Twitter, uh, I think it's Ashley St. Clair, who's a, a, a conservative influencer who I follow and admire. And she made a very interesting point about our friends at Apple. Do you remember the uh, the San Bernardino shooter? Uh, the um, the radical Muslim terrorist who sh- shot and killed, I'm not sure how many people uh, it was. It was too many, obviously. One is too many, but uh, it was a mass shooting. Do you remember when Apple refused, Apple refused to unlock his phone? Think about that. I mean, it's one thing to read it in a tweet, but now I'm saying it out loud. As I'm saying it out loud, I can't believe it. Apple refused to unlock this shooter's phone for authorities, and yet, all on their own, they've simply decided to shut down Parler because they don't like their opinions. They have the wrong opinions. This is where we're headed. The digital version of the Red Terror following the Bolshevik Revolution. All right. uh, Okay, so maybe that was a little hyperbolic. But who knows? I mean, all bets are off at this point, really. They are out for revenge. If you're a conservative, if you're a Christian or a conservative religious person, keep your head down. Go about your business and keep your head down. Uh, Bill uh, stays with us. Thank you for holding on through the break, uh, Bill, in Cleveland. Boy, Richard, you're right. You know, you, you heard these terms of cleansing, you know, and lists. They're making lists of Trump supporters. There's going to be cleansing of them. <clears throat> All this is pretty frightening. This technology, these people that run this thing, it's gotten way out of hand. And you got to break out some antitrust stuff and bust this up because this is getting really bad. I mean, they're yanking people off for nothing, and it's 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 scary. It's it's a frightening time, and you have, you know, and Trump wanted to. It, we're in an it, well, for one thing, we're in an AI world with China, and whoever wins that is, it, you know, it's like good night, I win to the other side, and they have to take that seriously. We have a grid that has to be reinforced because if somebody pulls the plug on this whole Magilla, we're all sunk. And it's 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 a frightening time. Joe Biden, uh, you know, I, I mean, he's the most popular politician ever. I mean, he got more eighty million votes. He, he slaughtered Obama in the vote count. Yeah, who I mean, knew? Like, who knew, Bill? It was the charismatic <laughs> Joe yeah. Biden who dragged uh, Joe Barack Obama across the finish line in two thousand and eight, yeah, and then again in two thousand and twelve. Who knew? Without, without Joe's help. No, and when you see all this corruption, I think, I think Canada probably needs a new political party. We definitely do because they're both corrupt, you know. And I mean, the Democrats I think are much worse. But I think you know the Republicans are just are spineless. They won't stand up for it, or they're involved in it too. And it's it's a it's a shame. But we're going to lose our country, and you guys eventually will lose yours. Well, I think actually we're about maybe ten years ahead of you. We we have one. We have basically one party now. They all march in lockstep. Our our supposed conservative party up here, not one of them dares speak out about, about the lockdown. They try to t- talk tough about China, uh, but they. I mean, the opposition leader, you know, essentially wanted to invoke the War Measures Act over COVID. 
so my God. They, they're, they're, there's not a lick of difference uh, I know, between uh, them. Richard, I know two people that they nailed as COVID. They, they put them down. Now, the one woman had a stone-cold heart attack in the kitchen. They told her husband, who was a broke guy, the guy has no money, that we're going to pay for it. You don't, you don't have to worry about the bill or anything. We're going to write it down as a COVID. He's in a crock in a hard place. He knows he can't. He said, okay. So that's one baloney. And the other guy I know, and he was a disabled dude. You know what? He wasn't a vet. He got hurt on like a big machine or something. But anyways, he had all kinds of spikes in his back and everything, and he was eating Vicodin. And he died of just eating too much. He was eating like six an hour instead of one every six hours. So, And he was the nicest guy in the world, but he was really in pain. He wasn't doing it to get loaded. Right. So they marked him down as a COVID, too. So right there, I know two people, and you, you know all those people that were putting in that nursing home. We had a big ship out in New York and a big hospital there. They didn't put anybody there. They put them in the nursing home. It's kind of like little Joey's got the plague. Let's send them into the nursery school. Right. That was a stroke of genius. Yeah, there's no yeah, question yeah. that they are gaming the numbers. There is no question. Uh, and, and they just announced that uh, in, um, was it British Columbia and maybe across the country? But I definitely believe it was in British Columbia and Alberta, but again, maybe across the country. They admitted that they are including uh, suicides. People who tested positive for COVID and then committed suicide, they are including them in the COVID numbers. Well, I think they, they, every time they do a test on somebody, it's like, let's say, you know, little Jane has, has COVID. And then they're going to test her the next day and add, add that on because she's like still positive. Well, they've incentivized it, certainly in the U.S. I don't know how they did it up here, but they've incentivized it in the U.S. uh, where, uh, you know, a Medicare Medicare will pay $4,000 for a hospital admission, but if they have COVID, it's $13,000. And if they put them on a ventilator, it's, what is it, $39,000? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's like uh, they get a fortune for this. Well, they're losing money in other revenue, you know, the kidney, whatever it is, the hearts and the this and the that. They're losing money on other operations and stuff, but they are making money on that. But, but the thing is, is you're like one of your last callers. I think it might have been your last caller. What is the end game to all this? I mean, what do they really want? What do they want to do? They want to control us. We know all that. And maybe they want to crush the economy. They're doing that. They want little guys out. I mean, you can sell your flowers at Walmart, but not little Bobby's flowers stand next right. door. So what is the end game to these people? Well, I mean... We, uh... We're, we're hearing a lot about the Great Reset, and it's a little vague and kind of fuzzy around the edges, but I think that's part of it, uh, that they have decided to, to, to use, and again, let me be emphatic here. I'm not saying that, that, that COVID-19 is not real. Uh, it's a virus. It is killing right. pe- people, mainly the elderly, with multiple comorbidities, and that's a tragedy, and we need, we need to protect those people. I'm not saying it's not real, but... It is a it is providing convenient cover, and even our prime minister has 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 talked about this. It's a wonderful window of opportunity to do this, 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 and the other thing. Oh so yeah, that's what we need to look at. Not the COVID necessarily, but the this, 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 and the other other thing. And yeah, we, but you're locking down a, a healthy population instead of the opposite. Instead of saying, okay, you know, Aunt Myrtle's sick, we're gonna we're gonna keep an eye on her, we're gonna put her there, but you go out and do your thing. They're locking down healthy people. And that's, I mean, I have, like, grandchildren, and they can't, you know, they're going to get to the point where these little kids can't read faces. This is all mental stuff. Before you're six years old, you're, you're living in fear. It's, it's, 
it's abhorrent. It is it is a a calamitous mistake that is being made. It is the the worst policy decision in this country's history. There must be a reckoning after. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, what am am I trying to say here? I'm not talking about, you know, blood in the streets. I'm not talking about vengeance. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about whether I'm talking about uh, thorough investigation. I'm talking about uh, possible punitive, uh, you know, damages being awarded. I am talking about the end of political careers. I am talking about a reckoning. This is a calamity. And oh, this totally. province, for but, example, but in Ontario, is, is being run by maybe 30 uh, public health officials. We, we, there's no transparency. We don't really know who these people are. They are, they are essentially ru- running this pro- province by edict. And we have our premier who, who is scared and he's confused and he's – it's the fog of war. He's just basically handed over – responsibility for running this province to them. And we don't know who they are. And they are unelected and they are unaccountable and that's not how a Western democracy works. Uh, Bill, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, Let's see. We have to run. We'll uh, take another quick time out. We'll get to uh, Sheldon in Medicine Hat, Skip in Connecticut, and uh, Stephen here in Toronto. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To reach Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. Just a reminder, next week on the program, God willing, <laughs> uh, Vincent Gersies is, is a retired senior OPP constable and a founder of We Stand on Guard for Thee. And um, I'm not sure how... how um, big this organization is, but it seems to be growing and more and more uh, retired and some active uh, police officers. And I would imagine that those active police officers have to kind of keep this on the lowdown because, uh, you know, there are careers at stake here, but more and more uh, police officials are speaking out just like in the medical community. More and more medical doctors are speaking out about this madness, and now more and more police officers are also. And this is encouraging. Uh, I'm a huge supporter of the police. Um, but what I worry about is if they continue to carry the water for our inept politicians that are enacting appallingly bad policies, if they are the, are the enforcement for these bad policies without using discretion. And I, re- and, and using discretion requires a modicum of intelligence. Um, and most police officers have that. They're going to lose, just like as the government will lose the consent of the governed, which is a, is not a place you want to be at. But if they continue to do this, that could happen. Uh, and and you know you you know what the the, uh, the approval rating is for politicians, right? It's it's way down there with the mainstream media. People have lost faith, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. I don't want the police. I mean, the, that's one institution we continue, and the military. We continue to have a great deal of faith and admiration, and and I hope that continues. But 
they need to wake up and ask them and do some serious reflection about where we're heading with this. Going after people because they're tobogganing? You can skate on the ice, but you can't have a hockey stick? Folks, what is this, a Monty Python sketch? I mean, seriously. So anyway, next week, Vincent uh, Gersey's, uh, I believe, a courageous and principled individual uh, will be here on the program. And let's say hi to uh, Sarah in Oakville. Sarah, good morning and welcome and Happy New Year. Hi, Richard. Happy New Year. Okay, I've got two things. Uh, the first thing, I was in a hospital waiting room. This is maybe three, four years ago. There was a shift change and staff were putting on their coats and they are saying their goodbyes and they were leaving. Then there was an announcement over the intercom. It was attention all staff in all departments, code something or other. Then all the staff that just left a minute ago were all coming back, disappointed to be coming back. When I went for my appointment, I asked what that code was all about, and she said there were too many people in the emergency department with the flu. So all the departments had to discharge as many patients as possible to make room for the flu patients. So they weren't shutting down all surgeries, you know how they are, they're doing now. Right. Uh, it was, there was none of that. So, so this is like a standard thing where there's too many people in the hospital with the flu. Sure. So it's happened sure. in the past, and they had a procedure. You just ask the departments to discharge patients that don't have to be in the hospital. Right, right. Well, um, the other thing is excessive deaths. We're not seeing that either. No. We're not seeing excessive deaths, and which is curious. What to make of that? I'm not a, statistic, a statistician, I'm not an, obviously, um, or an epidemiologist or virologist or any of those things, but when I see that, uh, you know, it goes up, it goes down, and some of the, the variances can be accounted for, for rises in population and so forth, and we're in that pocket of a normal year. We're in that pocket. No excess deaths. That, to me, is curious. That, mm. to me, should require, um, or would behoove... There's an old word my grandmother used to, to use. No one uses that anymore. Behoove. I'm bringing it back. Uh, it would behoove journalists to ask that question at the next uh, press conference from our premier. What, right. about the, what about the fact there are no excess deaths? The other thing is when I was in that hospital waiting room, as soon as she told me the emergency department had too many people with the flu, I actually knew people at that time that either had the flu or knew someone that had the flu. This time, I know nobody that had COVID, and I have a neighbor that moved back to Italy. She's in one of the towns that got closed off with the military monitoring who goes in and out of the town, and you can't leave without paperwork saying why you're leaving. She doesn't know anyone that had COVID, that died of COVID or had COVID, and their town was shut down because there were so many COVID deaths. But she doesn't know anyone either that's had it. Yeah, that's an anomaly, and that's you know, it's anecdotal. And and again, I don't know what that means, but I would I would echo that. I um, uh, I'm not a wildly popular guy. I know that shocks Carlos in the other <laughs> room, but uh, and I you know my circle of friends. Uh, anyway, the point is, I know one person, and this is a, a lifelong friend of my mother's, who is 95 who tested positive, but came through it fine. I mean, she has other, obviously, other um, issues, health issues at that age. That's the only person I know in my circle of friends and acquaintances that has tested positive for COVID. That's it. What does that mean? I don't know. Uh, you know, do that, do with that what you will. 
It's, you know, I don't, I don't know anyone that knows anyone that's had COVID. Interesting. Yeah. The, the other thing I wanted to say, I still think Trump is going to do something before Inauguration Day. I think he's going to play a Trump card, so to speak. Mm. I don't know what, but I think there's going to be something there because... Nancy Pelosi and company want him out so badly, and I don't know why they don't just leave it for the, you know, the next two weeks. That's very, you're right. That's very curious. They're in a mad rush to either have him, uh, you know, have the 25th Amendment of invoked, which says he's not stable enough to be president, uh, or they want to impeach him again, uh, which I'm, I'm told could preclude him from running again. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but the other thing is... I've heard they, that, too. If they get him out of office, uh, you know, what are they afraid of? What do they think he might do between now and Jan 20th? What could he declassify, for example? Declassify, or is there some constitutional thing that he can invoke? I, I don't know, but I just I think he's still going to do something. Well... Who knows? I'm. I have to be honest. I'm. I'm. I'm almost at the point of exhaustion uh, with with all of these tweets about he's going to do this and then it never happens and he might do that and uh, I think uh, Lynn Wood jumped the shark quite a while ago. Who knows? Maybe he'll maybe proven to be right. But at this point, it. I think we need to maybe <laughs> reconcile ourselves to uh, six to nine months of Joe Biden and then two and a, two and a half plus years of uh, President Kamala Harris. Lord knows Joe right. Biden has called it the, uh, the Harris administration enough times, so <laughs> he must know what's coming. I don't think either one of those is good. But All right. I appreciate the call. Thank right. you so much. Great Thank to hear you. from you. All right. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. I don't, I don't think there's anything that I'm saying that is that controversial or radioactive. I'm just saying, you know, let's ask some basic questions. So the ICU occupancy or the ICU capacity in Quebec is around 88%. I read from a, uh, a, a document that said on average... On average, and this was from 2016, ICU capacity in Quebec hospitals is 90%. So they're a tad below average. And for this, the people of Quebec have been placed under a curfew. Just asking a question, folks. While we're still allowed to do that, just asking questions about the constant drumbeat of case numbers with no context. Just asking a question. I don't, I'd also be curious. I went for a walk this evening uh, before uh, the show with uh, the mighty Aphrodite and she, you know, she's always right on the money. She cuts through everything and she, she goes right to the core of an issue and she asks the most obvious question that somehow never gets asked. Who are these people being tested? Thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Are healthy people going to be tested? Who's lining up if you're healthy? Who has time to line up if you're healthy and get tested? Why would you do that? I, I just, just be curious to know, where are they getting these numbers from? And again, the context. We're not getting that. How many of these tests... These cases, 
that we're so worried about, that we're shutting the province down, that we're ruining millions of lives, that we're jeopardizing the the mental health, that we're we're condemning the elderly to the remaining years in in isolation. It's sick. This is not what a what a healthy society does to its people. I'm I'm just asking basic questions about the data. Uh, I want to go to the uh, the live chat. A couple of questions here. George asks, "How do you think your fellow Ontarians will react to a curfew?" That's an easy one, George. Sadly, the answer is they will lie down and take it. Three bags full, sir. Have you any more? Uh, D. Silver asks, do you think the masses, the masses, the great unwashed, do you think the masses will rise up and rebel against social media companies? Uh, Well, how does one rebel in a digital age? Um... It's, it's, it's hardly, you know, the shot heard around the world, is it? This is, it's hardly 1776 to, uh, to say, I'm quitting Twitter and I'm moving to gab.com. But there will be that. We're seeing that. How many? I think it'll be in the millions. I, but will Twitter care? I don't know. Um, that is yet to be seen. What is more important is whether a parlor and they said that they are they are going to go after Twitter, but they are, my gosh, they have more money than God. They have they they have such deep pockets, and they have a complicit media, and they have uh, both parties in the United States uh, in their hip pocket. I don't I don't know what can be done at this point. Hopefully, enough people will vote with their feet, and they will move to these other. But then Apple will shut them down, and Amazon they'll they'll build their own servers, I guess. Uh, it could be interesting. It could be interesting to watch. Uh, I, I hope there is an uprising. But here in Ontario, no. We will we'll lie down and we'll take it. Peace, order, and good government. We do as we're told. Uh, all right. Let's say hi to um, Sheldon is in Medicine Hat. Hey, Sheldon. Welcome. Hello, Richard. How are you? have got a fantastic show today. Um, the few occasions that uh, your guests go offline, I think you have the best shows. And this is the best show of 2021. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, uh, I have a son that uh, I was watching uh, the news with on Thursday. And uh, he made some interesting comments. My, my son is um, diagnosed with autism, but he's super smart. And his autistic obsession is cartooning. And uh, he told me that um, in light of the events that were going on online, he said that it is amazingly coincidental. He said that uh, Stephen Pastis, the writer, uh, the cartoonist behind Pearls Before Swine, had had to publish um, uh, an announcement that the theme for the next week is coincidentally going to be on impeachment. And uh, the character playing the president um, it was purely coincidence that the entire theme is going to be on impeachment. And my son said that um, what was really bizarre, that we were watching the scenes in the U.S. Senate where this strange uh, QAnon shaman named uh, Jake Angeli was sitting on the seat in the, the speaker's chair 
in the, I think it's the Senate chamber. Yes. And I said to my son, this is, this is a psyop. There, there is no way that this character, being as offensive as it would be to so many people, um, could be sitting in this chair and not raising alarm bells across the country, like rankly offending, you know, judges and, and rankly offending so many of the American population without this being a psyop. And then my son told me, he said, oh, that's groundskeeper Willie off the Simpsons. <laughs> and then I said, well, what do, you, what do you mean by that? He said that this was just played in an episode just recently where, where, where uh, groundskeeper Willie was standing on top of a pedestal in front of the Springfield Capitol along with the Simpson family. And he said it played out um, in an episode uh, around, thanks, sorry, around uh, Halloween. And the episode was in October 20, uh, October 2020, Treehouse Horror 31, Season 32, Episode 4. And uh, this entire show, it was premised upon uh, Homer attempting to cast his ballot in the 2020 election. Uh, he was undecided, but then Lisa reminds him of all the things that President Donald Trump, all the controversies that he had been involved with, and Homer decides to cast his ballot, but then we see that it was a dream sequence, and Marge scolded Homer for sleeping in all day and not voting, and Homer responded, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then the rest of the episode is a dystopian view of Springfield, hmm. shown afterwards where it's being attacked by um, uh, monsters and, and uh, these uh, shooting... Uh, Creatures, I don't know how to describe them, but uh, the entire city is in ruins after these shooting um, uh, creatures uh, destroy the city. Another and, example of predictive programming. You know, the well, yes, and that's yeah. exactly what I thought. If you have a chance to go back and, and to take a look at this particular episode, it's up all over um, YouTube where you have robots and lava pouring up from the ground and the majority of the population is running around um, um, in a strange type of, uh, of atmosphere, wearing masks, and um, it's actually quite frightening when I looked at this episode, noting all the similarities. But, you know, the, the strange thing for me is that it, it just doesn't seem right that this character with horns somehow appears, you know, in the middle of all this mayhem, and it, it just seems like this whole thing is fiction. And I don't understand it. You know, I don't understand how this whole event came to be. Well, these, these people came. I mean, I know that the Trump speech, it, it stoked some passion. But I have listened to the speech. I've gone over the transcript. There is nothing in there that was an incite to riot. Uh, in fact, the people that, that were storming Capitol Hill, they came prepared. They had walkie talkies. They had hammers to break glass. They had equipment and ropes to scale walls. These were professional rioters. Uh, they weren't, they didn't show up at the rally, hear Trump's words and then decide, you know, we're going to storm the Capitol. They had made that decision on the plane or the bus ride when they got there. And I'm not saying that there weren't some Trump supporters in there. Absolutely they were. And they, sh they I hope they all rot in jail. Left, right, center, I don't care. Uh, but, you know, I I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I, I don't hear an incite to riot in Trump's words. And if people want to correct me on that and challenge me on it, so be it. 
And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. All right. I want to uh, quickly, quickly work in uh, Skip in Connecticut with a final word. Skip, hey, how are you? Happy New Year. Skip in Connecticut? Yeah, I did hear that uh, one of the wrinkles with the voting thing was that uh, somebody in Italy confessed to doing some work on a computer to skew the voting results. Yes, that it was run out of an embassy. it was linked to Obama. And uh, that uh, Obama, apparently, the story goes, was kicked back on the initial money drop of billions to Iran, was kicked back $400 million, uh, which he kept in overseas accounts. Now, this is the first I've heard of this stuff, but what apparently happens is these politicians give money to, say, Afghanistan uh, was the next one up on the playing field, and money gets kicked back from that to these politicians and offshore accounts. Skip, I'm sorry I didn't get you on uh, earlier to talk about it. I I will dedicate part of a show about that. I'm I'm seeing the same reports that it was run out of a U.S. embassy in Rome, that someone from this defense contractor, Leonardo, was uh, using cyber warfare to flip votes, but it wasn't just Italy. Uh, There was an affidavit sworn out. Who knows where this will go, whether it will see the light of day. Anyway, thanks. Back next week, Carlos and uh, Ryan. Thank you. And um, God willing, I'll be here. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.